Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. All right, you got to get this. A drug dealer who is about to be read his guilty verdict for killing a young man with fentanyl just walks out of the courthouse and doesn't come back. But after almost nine months, he was finally caught. We break it all down with former U.S. Marshal Art Roderick. Welcome to Sidebar, presented by Law & Crime. I'm Jesse Weber. Here's a story for you. A guy out in Minnesota named Michael Harlan, 29 years old, was in court back in March. And he had been facing murder and manslaughter charges in connection with the death of 29-year-old Colonel after he sold him fentanyl dressed up to look like oxycodone. Now, a search of the young man's phone linked him to his dealer, Harlan. And right before the judge was to read the verdict to this man, he walked out of the courthouse. I can't say I've seen that one before. Yeah, so Harlan was out on bail. He was supposed to appear in court to hear this verdict and then told this officer in court that he needed to use the bathroom and he took off and didn't return. By the way, he was found guilty of third-degree murder and second-degree manslaughter in a bench trial. There was no jury here. But now, months after he disappeared, Harlan was finally arrested. He was apprehended by the FBI in a Detroit, Michigan apartment complex. Here's a sampling of the arrest caught in a neighbor's ring doorbell footage. So now he's in custody in a Detroit jail awaiting extradition back to Minnesota. A lot of different moving pieces here. Want to talk about it. Who better to bring on than former U.S. Marshal Art Roderick. Art, good to see you. Thanks so much for coming on. I, I have never seen I have never seen a case. I mean, we always see the trials, right? Right before the verdict comes in. The defendant comes in. We're all waiting anxiously. I've never seen somebody be like, I'll be right back and never comes back. Have you ever seen anything like that because this guy's been on the loose for nine months yeah we we have come across this in the past it's basically it's not an escape because he was out on bond so he was out on bond during the bench trial and before the verdict was officially read in court he decided to uh, go to the bathroom and make good his escape what's interesting is i'm not even sure why he showed up at the courthouse uh he could have basically jump bond any time prior to the court date, but he decided to go to the courthouse and then and then moved out. <clears throat> Maybe he had figured at that point that, hey, I'm gonna be found guilty here, so uh, I better leave now, because once that guilty verdict is read, he would have been put in cuffs and uh, detained from that point on. I, I have a feeling like it's like you go into the courthouse and your mood changes and you're like, uh-oh. Or maybe it would have been wherever he was at prior to going to the courthouse, he didn't have the right opportunity to leave. I don't know. I can't speculate. The idea here, though, that he is uh, he, he was a fugitive for nine months uh, and then is found in another state. What does that tell you? Well, I mean, I, you know, looking at his looking at his records, um, he does have previous addresses, quite a few in Michigan. So he's got family in 
associates and friends down there. And uh, that's exactly where I would, the first place I would have looked would have been Michigan. He does have a couple addresses in Arizona, but really uh, <clears throat> the majority of his, where he's lived in his uh, 29 years has been either in uh, Michigan or uh, in Minnesota area. Hey everybody, this is a Morgan & Morgan legal alert. Evidence shows that Google has allegedly violated the privacy of millions of Americans via incognito mode. Your personal information and data may have been unfairly collected and then used for profit. As America's largest injury law firm, Morgan & Morgan has recovered over $20 billion in compensation for clients and they may be able to help you fight for justice. If you've used incognito mode in Google's Chrome internet browser, you can find out if you have a claim in all only a few clicks by visiting www.forthepeople.com slash lcgoogle. It only takes a few minutes to sign up and find out if you have a claim. The fact that he was a fugitive, though, for nine months, um, it signals to me that he maybe had help, had the resources to travel and, and avoid law enforcement. What do you think was tripping them up uh, that they couldn't find him sooner? Uh, I think it was just a matter of the geographical uh, location. Bouncing between Minnesota and Michigan really what seems to be what he was doing. And then uh, a lot of these, a lot of these individuals that have extensive criminal histories, especially in drugs, um, that live in a lot of these neighborhoods. Sometimes it's just difficult to pin them down to one specific location because they're moving around from friend to associate, family member. And, and generally are not staying in one place any particular extended period of time. So in, in, in a lot of these types of cases, it might come down to a phone call or just surveillance by law enforcement to figure out exactly where he's putting his head down at that particular time. You mentioned the fact that he was out on bond. I mean, I think it's interesting because we sometimes talk about it, what the significance of it is. Here is right. a prime example. Do you think it was a mistake? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, he had some pretty severe charges here. And, and I mean, we haven't even got into the, the crime itself, but uh, evidently he had sold some what uh, were classified as oxycodone pills to this individual, Linnell. Uh, and um, when, they were, when they were tested in the lab, they were found to be uh, full of basically fentanyl. So the minute he, this individual, Linnell, took it, uh, you know, that was basically his death warrant at that point in time. So when they came, when law enforcement came in to do a welfare check on the uh, victim, you know, obviously they found him deceased, but they found some of the fentanyl pills next to him, along with a cell phone, his yeah. cell phone, where they were able to eventually figure out who sold him those pills through forensics on the cell phone. Yeah, no, the, the victim's cell phone here was the crucial, I think, linchpin here that basically linked him back to his dealer. It's a really, really sad case. Your experience, why would someone take fentanyl and dress it up to look like oxycodone? It's, it's a money issue. Uh, it, you know, to me, this whole fentanyl issue, we're, we're sort of in the, in the beginning stages of seeing this a lot more. This is not the first charge I've seen also where an individual is charged with murder for selling fentanyl pills passed off as another type of drug. And uh, I think we're going to be seeing this quite a bit more with individuals that, that will be charged with some type of uh, murder charge, uh, whether it's manslaughter, you know, non-premeditated. Uh, but each state has a little different version of the, of the homicide law, and I think you're going to see this occurring quite a bit more.
So, Art, let me ask you, how do you think he was just able to walk out of the courthouse? I mean, again, it doesn't seem you go to the bathroom, you just walk right out. Nobody's watching you. And also we'll take that issue. But also, how do you think law enforcement, the FBI, was ultimately able to track him down? Yeah, well, the, the first question about how he was able to walk out, he really he wasn't in any type of custody at that point in time. He was on bail. So he came into the courthouse in street clothes. He wasn't in a jumpsuit. So, uh, you know, courthouses are very busy places, uh, you know, especially there in Hennepin County, which which services, uh, you know, St. Paul and in Minneapolis. Um, so he he was able to just walk out as a, as a regular citizen because he really hadn't been officially uh, the verdict had not officially come down in court yet. So he was able to move about until that verdict was officially read. And that's exactly what happened. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. By the way, I uh, and so how do you think they were able to find him? Uh, you know, you, you look at this individual's background. Obviously, they had a lot of information because he had been arrested and charged. And, and more than likely, there was some type of pre-sentence report that was done that usually contains a very detailed history and criminal history of this individual. So when you look at his background, you see multiple addresses in the Michigan area. And I'm sure that's what they did. They concentrated their efforts on family members and associates, which led them to the Detroit area in this particular hotel. And now or, after... Uh, yeah, and now the apartment complex. And now that they've been able uh, to apprehend him, he's been charged with two additional felonies. One, yes. being a fugitive from justice, not surprising there. But two, right. unlawfully carrying a concealed weapon. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's actually uh, a really good add-on charge because at this point he's a convicted felon and he does have a pretty extensive criminal history with prior convictions in there. So with the felony conviction and him in possession of a firearm, uh, ATF generally would come in, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms would come in and federally charge him with that, with, and that could add an extra five years onto his sentence for that possession of the firearm. I mean, he's already, you know, hit it hit with murder and manslaughter conviction. Yep. So, that, I mean, that's his biggest concern here for this. Um, and, and by the way, are you surprised uh, that he was convicted of those charges? Because, you know, the, you, when you think about these cases, is it usually the drug dealer is charged and convicted of murder and manslaughter? Yeah, I, it, it, it's unusual, and you, we haven't seen it a lot in the past, but because fentanyl is so deadly, I mean, I've done stories on fentanyl in the past with all these seizures going on down at the southern border, and it is a very deadly drug. I mean, like one of the stats I had read earlier was that two and a half pounds can kill half a million people in this country. 
So the amount of fentanyl that's coming across the border, I mean, that is deadly, deadly stuff. So I think law enforcement and the prosecutors have picked up on the fact that if somebody's selling fentanyl as another drug, in this particular case, oxycodone, then uh, really, I mean, it makes it makes all the sense in the world to go ahead and, and put a homicide charge on any of these types of cases. And hopefully uh, we'll see this occur. It could be a very good deterrent, hopefully, for individual drug dealers out there that are trying to sell fentanyl off as another drug. By the way, you know what didn't age well? I kind of went back in time to when uh, he first left the courthouse and his attorney at the time, Craig Cascarano, hopefully I'm not butchering his name. Uh, he said he told local media, quote, uh, there's not much I can say. Obviously, he walked out of court. He told us to inside edition, actually. And he said, quote, uh, I can say he will be I can say he will be turning himself in shortly. I can say he will be turning himself in between now and Monday. And they asked him, how did you know that? He goes, I just know. And then they asked him, well, did you speak to him? And he says, look, I can't tell you that. I can't tell you anything that's bound by attorney-client privilege. But he basically was confident that his client would show back up. How wrong he was. Um, we talked about now that these two charge, these uh, actually these multiple charges have been now levied against him. He has to be extradited, though, from Michigan uh, back to Minnesota. What does that process look like? Uh, that's, that's a pretty cut-and-dry process here in the U.S. Where it gets very complicated is if he was in a foreign country and we had to bring him back. But this is just a state-to-state state extradition, so it could go down fairly, fairly quickly, and he could be back in Hennepin County very shortly. Um, so... Uh, it's just a procedural thing here in the U.S. between states. So it, it'll go down very quickly, and he'll be back in Hennepin County uh, to receive the actual sentence for the original case. And then, um, uh, you know, eventually, if they're going to charge him in Michigan, which they can, then he would have to come back for those for those uh, cases, especially the gun case. The escape, it, you know, the bond default charge can remain in, in Hennepin County, but then they can do some magic and also roll all this in to the sentencing. So it'll be interesting to see if they just go ahead and, and sentence him on all these different charges that have come up since, his, since he walked out of the courthouse. And I got to ask, any chance this could happen again? I mean, or they take extra precautions now with him? Uh, you always take extra precautions. Um, I'm sure he'll be held in solitary at this point in time. And we'll have multiple deputy sheriffs on him uh, when he goes to his sentencing. Uh, they will keep an extra eye on this particular individual from here on out. And it'll be noted in his record, <clears throat> even when he goes to jail in the state or county uh, facility, it'll be noted that he's uh, an escape risk. I think I want to end, though, um, with a statement from Linnell's mother. Uh, Jean Thurmer, because when this first happened, she said uh, to local media, quote, he robbed my son of his life. I want my day in court when I can see the man in a jumpsuit. Well, I'm very confident that she will be seeing that very soon. Art Roderick, thank you, thank you so much. Really appreciate you taking the time, sir. Thank you. All right, everybody, that is all we have for you right now here on Sidebar. Thank you so much for joining us, as always. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jesse Weber. I'll speak to you next time.